The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Buedinamite. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Buedinamite's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we know that the grass or whether the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray that you give us a word that works, O oh God. Anoint these lips of clay. Make it an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life. Put a word in my mouth for somebody, knowing that our encounter wasn't with a man. In the name of the one who rules, reigns, and has regency, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. I know you've read Psalm 23 many times. Most of you can regurgitate, you can recall that portion of scripture without even looking through your Bibles. It's very good. It's one of the Psalms that I believe that when you go to school, you are taught. It teach you, you pray with it. In fact, if anybody wants to teach or know the most popular Psalm in the Bible, it should be the book of Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is an interesting psalm. It's a beautiful psalm because of the circumstances surrounding the writing of the psalm. Uh, most of the time, people go through experiences and they use their experiences to teach or educate their world. That is to mean that whatever thing that God allows you to go through, it is not for your destruction but for your learning. Whatever God allows you to go through is for your learning. God allows you to go through dark patches of life. God allows you to go through difficult places of life. God allows you to get into contact with people that are mean, people that will not be kind, people that are evil, people that will do many things to harm or hurt you. But at the end of the day, God does that. God allows that so that he can train you. He can equip you. God can guide you well. Everything God allows any individual to go through is not for their destruction. It is for their learning. And so if in case you get into contact with people that want to malign you or destroy you, God is building your muscles and strengthening your defenses so that when God brings you out, you can look at other people and use your life as an example for them. The reason why God allows many things to happen to us is because the best university you can ever attend is the university of practical life. Whereby things are acquired experientially. You experience certain things and the things that you experience become the manual, your book, your textbook that you can use to teach or equip other people. And David had gone through a lot in his life. David had not been to the University of Ghana. He did not go to the University of Cape Coast, which happens to be the best university for your undergrad. Um, wherever you are, I mean, I'm promoting my school, you know. He did not go to the University of Cape Coast. He did not go to the University of Ghana Legon. He did not go to Kwame Nkrumah University. He did not go to any of those schools, but he went through the university of life. David said, when I was growing up, my father did not take me to eating. He did not take me to GIS. He sent me on the desert. He made me look after sheep. I became a shepherd even when I was a young man. David was a shepherd before he became a teenager. And David, after going through the experience and coming to experience the love of God for himself and how God treats him and how God loved him, David needed to write something about the relationship that he has with God. But he could not write about the relationship he had with God without knowing the relationship he had had before. Because you see, you can only draw from what you have experienced to teach the abstract world. You have to learn from your experience to be able to point the way or show the way to other people. Without your experience, whatever you tell people will be fixed. 
You tell people how it might be like. You might be deductive analytically and you might not be able to really give it a punch that is practical. Ministry, the word, the gospel is supposed to be practical. It's not supposed to be an abstract thing that we try to drive home. David had experienced God for himself, but when he was trying to get to know how God's love, how God's relationship, how his relationship with God had been, David knew that he could not equate it to any other thing but that which he had when he was on the desert. That is very insightful for me because it tells me that Whatever God allows me to go through is to let me know how he can relate with me. So if you are mean to people, you are telling yourself, or God is causing your heart to understand that as you are mean to others, so can I be mean to you. You don't give people a chance, so I can stop you from getting chances. David's experience was that which he had when he was on the desert, when he was on the backside of the desert, when he was attending to the flock. It's amazing that David could not use any other. God could have made him use any other, an eagle probably, use a lion and use all that, but he did not find wisdom in using any of the animals that he had even encountered when he was on the desert by the sheep. You read the account and it's very interesting that the first thing he did was that he said, for me, I know what my experiences had been. And the best thing for me to say, or when it comes to my relationship with God, I think that I am his sheep. It takes sheep to have a shepherd. But watch the test. That wasn't the first time the Bible is talking to God's people and referring to God's people as sheep. Over 200 times, us, we, are referred to as sheep in the scripture. Over 200 times. Now, it made me curious when I realized that God will use the sheep for me metaphorically over 200 times and so I decided to do my own research. Why wouldn't you use any other? I mean you talk about the fact that he says that the righteous shall be as bold as the lion. The lion is mentioned metaphorically when it comes to us not more than eight times. The eagle very few but for the sheep he mentions it many times. When you read the book of Matthew chapter 25 from the verse number 31, the Bible talks about the fact that when he comes again, he will separate the sheep from the goats. I am the good shepherd. My sheep knows my voice. Many times he refers to us as sheep. And so I decided to find out why my maker, why my God, why the one who died for me will use me or say that I am the sheep. He could have referred to me as a goat as well because they are all domesticated. He could have said I'm a goat. But if you read your account, Matthew 25 again, it talks about the fact that when he's doing the separation, the goats will be separated from the sheep. And interestingly, they are, their makeup, their characteristics are very different. Although you can have all of them in your house, you can have a sheep in your house, you can have a goat in your house, but chromosomally, their makeup is completely different. You have the goat having about 60 chromosomes, the sheep having about 54 chromosomes. And so the only thing you can do is a genetic chimera. Um, scientifically, you can get a hybrid from the laboratory, but there is no way you can make your, your billy goat cross your ewe or your ram crossing your nanny goat. It's not possible. It's not possible for you to have a male sheep mating with a female goat. So you get a hybrid, a, she, a she-goat. You, you, you can't get that. And it's interesting that God talks about that separation because when I read that, it, 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 I want to lay the foundation very well today because I'm going to run with you throughout the next couple of weeks. But the important part is that God is saying the reason why you can't cross them is because there is no way you, you it, it, those of, there are people, and let me run with this quickly. There are people who say that, okay, let me, let me even marry the unbeliever. And he will turn to be a believer. I can change him. Oh, he can change through prayer. 
Do you know that changing has never been the responsibility of a man? Nobody can change anybody. For there to be a change, there should be a conviction. The conviction is not done by man. The conviction is done by God. It is the work of the Holy Ghost to convict a man. It is not through antics and schemes to change a man. No matter how sophisticated you think you can be, you can't change an unbeliever to become a believer. That transition is only done by the Holy Spirit. And these days we have a lot of she-goats or she-sheep trying to mate with he-goats. Let me bring them to church. The more I bring them to church, the more they get to know about church and they begin to love me and they get converted. So, it is your intention is that getting him to church will convert him. And you keep bringing. And immediately your, your defenses are let down. And the person now capitalizes on that. By the time you realize the sister who is bringing the young man to church is sleeping with a young man. And the young man is saying, oh, but then, then what, what else? Because we are having an artificial hybrid. The reason why we are having a lot of problems in our society right now is because there are very few pedigrees. Very few kids are truly born out of the coming together of a Christian mom and a Christian dad. Giving Christian foundations. Whilst the mom is praying, the father is boozing. So the child is confused. Sees mom praying, sees dad boozing, and they are together. So when the child is growing up, which of them, which of the lanes do I tow? Do I follow my boozing dad or follow my praying mom? And we are having a problem because that is the kind of conflict that we have in our society. Whereby we have a lot of people who are coming together from different perspectives. David had gone through that. Had known what it takes to be a shepherd. But when it comes to God, he said, for me, when it comes to God, I cannot even look at myself as any other but a sheep before God. And when I did my research, I, I, I realized, I found out, the reason why he picked the sheep and he said God was his shepherd is because of some of the things that when I look at myself, maybe not you, but when I look at myself, it fits that I call myself a sheep and him being the shepherd. Because characteristically, the sheep, you can find about three major characteristics of the sheep that makes the sheep stand out. It makes it stand out. It's very interesting that we look at God and we look at ourselves from that light. The first thing that you find about a sheep that is so clear that even though you have never even lived in a village before, you can still attest to it, is the fact that the sheep is stupid. The sheep is very dumb. It will amaze you to know that, uh, you see, you can, you, can, you, can, you can train your dog. You can train even a lion. You can train a tiger, but you can't train a sheep. Because the sheep is very dumb. In fact, it is the dumbest animal you can find. Very stupid. 
David was saying that when I look at myself and I look at God, I can only see how stupid I am. Why? Because most of the time, the things that I say I won't do. Oh, this one I will never do. God, if you forgive me this one, I will never do it again. This is the last time God forgive me. Oh, forgive me. Wash me, cleanse me by the blood that flows on. And you pray and God forgive me. And the next time, because you are very stupid, you find yourself, oh, oh, maybe you are not, but I have been. Whereby you've prayed many times, oh God, this is the last time I'm going to get angry with this. This is the last time I'm going to get into this same thing. This is the, the, if you forgive me this time, God, I'm not going to do that again. Just wash me. Just cleanse me. Make me pure again. And the next time you realize, how did I do this again? It's just because I'm stupid. I, because of my stupidity, the things that I don't even want to do, those are the very things I do. Maybe I'm the only one who can relate to this, but um, if you have been as stupid as I have been, whereby you know that most of the time the things that you don't even want, how did, how did I do this? How did I say that? I, but I said I wasn't going to do that again. The things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. The things that I want to do, those things I am not able to do. The reason is that you are very stupid. Our stupidity makes us do what we even logically, when you come to your senses, you don't want to do it. It means that you are oftentimes out of your senses than most time being in your senses. When you come to your logical, reasonable, rational self, there are things that you wouldn't want to do. But when you slip out of it, you do things that are horrible. David said, God, when I, when I look at you, when I look at me, I, I, I can't tell myself that I'm even an eagle. I can't look at myself as even the goat. Because the goat is smarter than the sheep. It will amaze you that when the goat sees a car coming, it will run for cover. But for the sheep, you might have to blow your horn and try to even get down to even drive the... Because the sheep is so stupid that when danger is even coming, doesn't see it. Do you know how many of us have run into trouble? We've run... When, when there is evil, we know this is evil. You know that this lady that is coming around you, this lady that is coming around you as a married man, you know that you are going to fall. But you sheepishly Oh, no, you know, you know, I mean, you, you, sometimes you try to be smart. You, oh, no, but I, I'm a man. I'm, I'm the man. I know what I'm doing. You, you know what you are doing, but you know you are going to fall. And instead of you running away from danger, <laughs> by the time you realize you are in there, you, you, why should I say more fish in By the time you realize you are, you are deep, you are deeply rooted, planted, buried. Waiting resurrection. No, that's, that's the problem. So when David was talking about his relationship with God, when he was looking at how God relates with him, when he was looking at how he relates to God, when he was checking the relationship between him and God, he could not see himself as any other. When he considered how many times he had fallen and God had raised him back up, when he had checked how many times he had done things that are stupid, and God would say that neither will I leave you, neither will I forsake you. When he had checked all those things, he can only attest that God you can only be a shepherd to. Look at me, how 
stupid I have been and you still love me all the same. I don't know how many of you are here, but most of the time you did things that were not right, but God's mercies still stood for you. Why? Because he has been your shepherd. And God, he said the Lord is, not the Lord was, because if he had been, it means that he has stopped caring. But he still is. The Lord is mine. Maybe next week I'll continue the next part. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. And again, he was talking about who leads you. When you go to New Zealand and Australia, the shepherds, they drive their animals from the rear. They are at the back. And they drive them. With their dogs, their dogs police them. And they are at the back and driving the animals wherever they want the animals to go. When you go to the Middle East, when you go to Israel, when you go to Palestinian, you go to all those places. The shepherds don't stay at the back. They go in front. And the sheep follow them. Now, those times they all feed their sheep around the same wells. And when you get to the well, you find out that there are many. You meet other shepherds with their sheep also. And when the sheep are drinking, obviously they will get messed up. How will you be able to identify your own? Jesus said, my sheep knows my voice. I don't have to go and fight with another person that this is my sheep. I can't fight. I don't have to go to that shepherd and say, oh, no, no, you, you, that is mine, that is mine, that is mine. There was no piercing, no tagging, nothing. All that the shepherd has to do is to be able to speak. Either make a sound or say something that they are used to. And wherever they are, whatever they are doing, they know it's time to go. He said, my sheep, they know my voice. It means that in life, leadership is important. Africa is in crisis because we have poor leaders across the scope. Everywhere you go. Right now, we don't even know the voices of uh, leaders. Because you have people, whether it's NPP, whether it's NDC, whether it's PDP in Nigeria or APC and all those. But whatever it is, whatever it is, you will find even disconnect amongst government communications. Whereby a minister of information will come and say this, communications will come and say that, and the president's spokesperson will say another. So even their own sheep are confused. And there is a problem. The reason why we can't all follow is because there is no singular voice directing. The sheep, my sheep, knows my voice. But check this out. Apart from the fact that he referred to himself as a sheep and God as his shepherd, apart from the fact that it's about the sheep's stupidity, it's also about the fact that the sheep's the sheep is always dirty. You see, your cleanliness, your holiness, the way you go about your life, it can only take a shepherd to care for you. And I want you to get this straight. 
how many times you live in debt and filth. It can only take a shepherd to care for you. Do you know how many times you've done things that have brought filth on you? And when I'm talking about filth, I'm not talking about you cleaning your house. There are most of you that your houses are very clean, sparkling clean. But when somebody cleans your glass, you go, you lie down by it and check whether there are spots and you put the sprays on it, glass cleaners, and you dust them clean. If you were like my late mom, my late mom will put her finger, wipe the finger on the table and put it under your eyes. My mother will always do that. Put it right by the table, gather some dust and put it underneath your eyes. And tells you, if you were not seen, I brought it closer. So some of you, your houses are very clean. Your house, you have very clean homes. Oh, very well done. Your lawns, well manicured. Everything is well done. Everything is on point. But it is not about how well your surroundings are. Your heart. How clean are you? How pure? When you move to the chapter number 24 of the same psalm, the Bible says, Who shall ascend to the hills? Who shall dwell in his holy place? He that has clean hands, pure heart, has not lifted up his hands unto vanity. Neither has the person sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings of the Lord and his righteousness from the God of his salvation. Psalm 24. That's what the Bible talks about. So it is not about even how well organized you are. In your office, everybody gets, oh, you are, you are a very clean person. You trim your beard very well. Do you trim your life like that? David looked at himself and said, when it comes to my relationship with God, I see myself as a sheep because oftentimes I am more dirty than the ordinary person on the street. It means that it's by grace that you are like this. It is not by your own works. How many of you know that wherever you've gotten to, it is because God has been kind and merciful. It is by his grace. It is just by his. It is not about how wonderful you've been. So David looked at himself and said, for me, I'm, I'm just a sheep. I'm, I, why? Because I'm dirty. I do things that are not right. I, I've done many things that are not right. I, I, I've done so many horrible things some of you your past stinks you know that th th there are a lot of us here that you wouldn't want anybody to even know how your past was now god please don't let it come out oh please how many of you have ever done something that your prayer had been god let this never be heard by anybody let this never come out is there is there anybody like that um, mm -hmm, i know but there are people who are pretending but they are still pretending it's in their hearts that is what i was talking about their hearts normally are not clean is there anybody here who knows that you've done something that you pray to god god let this not even come out let it not be heard by anybody um god i know i offended you but can you can you please keep it as a secret can, can you keep it between yourself and how many of you do i have witnesses in the house so david was talking about that kind of debt that a person can find and he's saying that when i look at me i i, I find debt it is the place of humility that makes you know that when it comes to you and God, you are the dirty one. You are not like the Pharisee that went into the temple and lifted up his hands in arrogance and said, God, you know I'm clean. 
And there are people who go to church thinking they are, very, they are even more righteous than the people who are not in church. The difference between you and them is the height of your growth, your, the depth of your love, and your level of understanding. Because there are people who don't go to church and they say that they do good. But doing good won't take you to heaven. To get to heaven, you need to be led. If you are led as a sheep, you will stray away. Do you know that when you go to... I, I, I took my time to go through some documentaries. And when, when, when you check the documentaries, New Zealand, Australia, and the rest, when they are about to take the sheep, when the Bible talks about, we are as sheep being led to the slaughter. How many of you have read that? We are sheep being led to the slaughter. And if you, read, if, if you check the account, you really understand it because when the sheep are moving to the slaughterhouse and there are hundred, none of them, even, even when they see their fellow sheep being slaughtered, they don't move. It's like they are waiting, okay, when is my turn? Let's get it over with. Just, just kill me fast. I, I'm even tired. Just kill me. So they are all in line waiting to be slaughtered. The goats are not like that. As soon as they see, ah, this one, no. You see, the reason why you are a sheep and not a goat is because on the path of destiny fulfillment, getting to heaven, there are many perils that if you become a goat, you will flee. But if you are a sheep and you have confidence in the shepherd, as the shepherd leads, you follow. All that God is requiring from you is not see yourself as somebody who has got in there yet. But continue to see him as the great shepherd. I pray to God when I, when I read that test again. At about 2 a.m. this morning, I was still reading it. And the Lord told me, you've read it many times, right? I said, just this time, I read it 30 times. He said, but do you really understand it? That it takes a heart that knows that no matter what they, where they've gotten to and what they know, they still need my guidance, not their wisdom. With your own wisdom and understanding, there is no way you can make it over the finish line. But if you allow God to be your shepherd, there is no way you can fail in life. You won't miss heaven if God is your shepherd. You won't be disobedient if God is your shepherd. In fact, for the sheep and the shepherd, the sheep doesn't even have to argue with the shepherd where they are going. It can trust the shepherd absolutely. In wrapping up, let me ask you this. Do you trust him? Do you allow yourself to be led by him? You tell yourself, God, no matter how far you want to take me, I'm just ready. Just guide me, oh, thou great Jehovah. Pilgrim through this barren land. You've read that song, that, that song and sang that song many times, but do you really understand it? That you can tell God that, God, please guide me. When you allow me to go on my own way or path or follow my own instinct, I will fall into a ditch and I will, I will miss my route. But if you will guide me, I will get there. With your own wisdom and intellect and your own connections, you can get there. But if you allow God to be your 
Look at somebody and say, allow him to be your shepherd. Tell somebody, allow God to be your shepherd. So today, I'm, I'm starting with you. We are going to break the whole psalm, so you have to be ready for it. God calls you a sheep, and you should see him as a shepherd. The reason why, and, and, and it's amazing. The Bible says how many of you have flocks that if, you're, if you miss one sheep, you not leave your 99. You remember that? And go and look for, do you know why? Because the sheep, they will always stay together. So the one getting out is very unusual. There's a likelihood that when he comes back, the 99 will be intact. Because they like to be together. They, they will love to be together. Very on rare occasions will you see a sheep straying. Because they will want to be in a fold. So he will leave the 99. Go and look for the one because the 99 will stick together. And that is very important we go through this psalm because it talks about fellowship. The reason why you, you, you become vulnerable there are people who say that, oh, but you know, I can stay at home and pray and read my Bible and do all that. You are the sheep that has strayed. And it's very dangerous to be isolated as a sheep. Because a sheep really doesn't have much defenses. When there is an attack on the sheep, the sheep is really very defenseless. It can't bite. On few occasions will you even see the sheep using the horns. And the horn is also not strong. So for the sheep, its defense is in the numbers. When it's in the fold, it feels secured. When you see the devil trying to isolate you, it means the devil wants to attack you. That is why the master shepherd said, I will leave all of them and go and look for the one. The sheep always lives in fear. It's amazing. Do you know that when you are getting close to a sheep, the first thing it does is I try to look for where should I run to. And so the confidence of the sheep has always been in the shepherd. The moment you lose touch of Christ in your life as your shepherd, I'm telling you, you are doomed. You should see Christ as your shepherd at all times. Not sometimes, at all times. Look at some, somebody and tell the person, you see Christ as your shepherd? At all times. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand. I want us to pray. You're praying to God. That God, in my debt, in my stupidity, thank you for being my shepherd, but please, guide me into your barn. That I will not stray away. That I'll be who you want me to be. Bring me into a place where I know your voice. I'm not confused about your voice. When you are speaking to me, I can hear it. When you say it, I know it's you speaking to me. I want your voice to be lifted as you pray that prayer. Lift up your voice even as you pray that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, be my shepherd. Be my shepherd, O oh God. Be my shepherd. Be my shepherd. Be my shepherd, O oh God. Be my shepherd.
Be my shepherd, O God. Be my shepherd, O God. Thank you for not allowing me to stray away. Thank you. Thank you that my debt did not discourage you. Thank you. Thank you. You did not consider how dirty I am and cast me away. You allowed me to fellowship. You allowed me to partake in your grace. In this, I am thankful. I'm extremely grateful, O oh God, unto you. For all that you have done, I can only say thank you. I can't thank you enough. I'm grateful, O oh God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Sometimes the decisions that I made were not right. I've made some bad and stupid decisions. But you still regarded me as your own because you know that by my strength, I will not prevail. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for loving me. But help me, O oh God, to live for you. That I'll do the things that you want me to do. In the name of Jesus. Could you please lift up your right hand? How many of you have ever got into the place where you are told yourself that this thing, I won't do it again. But the next thing you saw was going right back into doing that same thing. Oh, I won't sleep with that man again. You went back. I won't sleep with that girl. You went to do it. You even prayed for forgiveness and asked God for strength. Oh, this thing, I won't smoke again. I quit smoking. I quit drinking. God, no, I won't gossip about anybody again. The next time you realize you had opened an informal radio station. And this time around, you were not gossiping to one or two. It was mass production. You stole and you said you won't steal again until the devil gave you another opportunity. And this time around, you felt, oh, this is free money. You can't pass. How many of you have ever gotten to that point in your life? You know that even if you've gotten there, if you see yourself as a sheep, you make it easier for your shepherd to guide you home. I want you to go to God and tell God, God, strengthen me that I can live for you. Do what you want me to do. Live a life that glorifies you in the name of Jesus. Pray that prayer. 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 Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, strengthen us. Help us, O God. To please you. Not to please men. In this world of get rich or die trying that people do anything to survive we pray that help us to stay safe and sound and live a life that will please you thank you jesus 
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi-Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word, first service, 7 to 9 a.m., second service, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m., and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.